Welcome to the Six Ways to Sunday podcast, hosted by award-winning television director, documentary filmmaker, author, and speaker, Craig D. Forrest. Join Craig for the next few minutes as he interviews leaders, artists, and creatives about trends and insights shaping our digital world and faith-based media. This podcast is produced and brought to you by Matchstick Media International. Now, here's Craig. We're talking to Dan Rupel, who who wears a number of hats, uh, originally a comedian and still uh, sees things in a funny way, which is wonderful. I, th- I think uh, that should be a great mindset anyway, with all the seriousness and tragedies in this role. It's kind of nice to have humor, really good to have humor on the podcast today. By the way, for those uh, across the world that are listening and might be younger, Bonanza was a very, very popular television program set in the West, uh, in and around Lake Tahoe area of California, Nevada, back in the 1960s, phenomenally popular. So when Dan talks about Bonanza, he's thinking and talking and referencing, referencing, I'll get that word out, uh, that, that show and such. Let's take a, a, a little turn here. Um, you also started a company called seriouslyfunny.tv. I believe that's the correct term. And you had your own mm-hmm. uh, commercial agency. Um, was that, that must've been after CBS. Talk about that a bit. Yeah. The, the progression Craig is first I was in my comedy group. I left after 15 years. I had a short stint with my uh, buddy, Bob Bennett, where we co-hosted a morning talk show. And then I went to CBS. I was there for 10 years. And then I left CBS. And I pastored for three years. And then, and this is what, how I kind of got into what you just mentioned. Um, I, I, the, I felt the Lord was saying, I want you to stop pastoring. And I'm calling you back to the entertainment industry. And I thought, hey, no problem. I've only been gone for three years. I'll just make phone calls to my buddies at CBS and I'll be working within a week. And I couldn't get arrested. I just couldn't get anybody to return my call. And, and the people I knew really well at CBS had maybe left uh, the state, the network or whatever. And I just couldn't get anything going. And I'm thinking, Lord, what's going on? I just, I thought I could just get right back out. So I was on a radio interview talking about comedy. And I all of a sudden uh, got this call from a gentleman. And he says, I, uh, um, I have a website. Websites were pretty new in those days. And he says, I have a website and um, it's a bunch of articles on cars it's a, it's a car enthusiast website. And he said, could you make comedy videos around cars? And I said, sure. So he hired me and we built a little team. Uh, my son, who just graduated from Biola in the film department, he was part, part of it. And uh, we started making comedy videos around, and we started doing them for like Toyota and, and, uh, General Motors and other companies. And then, of course, all of his car stuff. And pretty soon we made 150 comedy videos, which I will call, Craig, branded entertainment. Sure. Because it wasn't, it wasn't commercials like you see on TV that's really heavy-handed pushing a product. It was more you're telling a funny two-minute story, but then at the end of it, it all happens in a Toyota. Or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, you know, you, you go back to the Reese's Pieces in E.T., the movie, you know, that kind of branded entertainment. Um, so anyway, but the reason it's it's important of the timing is 
by 2005, I had already produced 150 digital pieces. The reason that year is it wasn't until 2005 that YouTube launched. So when suddenly the rush to create digital media, digital video was starting, I already had 150 pieces in my back pocket. Well, what happened is suddenly, I always joke with my wife, because the industry was only 15 minutes old and I had been in it 20 minutes, I'm suddenly the expert. So that's what kind of catapulted me where a lot of companies were seeking me out to produce their videos. And then a very short time after that, I, I kind of got tired of the, running around making videos. And then I started doing more consulting. And I consulted with like Campus Crusade, and uh, which is crew now. I, I consulted with universities, denominations, and basically their, their digital media strategies. Uh, again, it was the infancy of social media wasn't even really, really a thing back then. It was just starting. So uh, that was the next uh, maybe 10 years of my career. Did you, I mean, looking back on that now, Dan, 2005, what did you learn at that time? What, what did you see where social media was going or did anybody maybe back then? And what, what was your, what are your observations about that? I certainly didn't see where social media was going because it was so, so new. Uh, I never thought it would go off the rail and become so mean spirited like it is today. Oh, yeah. That's a whole, whole nother topic. But what I did see is that, you know, I'd have to, I'd have to really sell myself to some of these, uh, you know, you go into a major corporation and you talk to the VP of marketing or something like that. And they couldn't understand why a, a singularly text-based website wasn't enough. And so I have to spend the first few hours just educating them and saying, we are in a visual culture. We've got a generation coming up who is film or did, uh, visually uh, oriented. And people aren't reading text like they used to. Uh, the readership of books is, is decreasing, diminishing. Uh, so they want to see videos. Second of all, they want to see short form. You're, you're seeing, you're watching these videos, not in a stationary position where you lean back in your family room and look at your big screen. They want to, they're looking on a little mobile device. It's a much smaller screen. It's every, anywhere they want to be. Their attention span, they might be waiting in a doctor's office and they're bored and they want to watch something very short and funny. And uh, so that was the key to our success is I was able to tell them, look, I'm not going to go over two and a half minutes. It's going to be quick, fun, and you can put it on your, your phone, you can put it on your tablet, wherever you want to do, and people can start watching it. And that's what we're going to fill your website with. You know, whenever there's an, uh, an opportunity for video to, to explain what you have in text, we're going to do that. So I was able to do a, a, produce a lot of explainer videos. You know, you go to a website and, you know, you have to read all this stuff about how your new washer and dryer work, you know. So Dan, what you're saying is that you're sitting in front of vice president, a vice president of marketing, uh, doing a pitch, trying to get the contract or uh, moving on to, to parts of the contract and projects. 
Was this a hard sell for you to do uh, at the beginning? I would think it, I think it would be. Yes, it was. It was really hard. In fact, to be honest with you, Craig, um, that's part of why a few years later, I just said, no, I'm tired of doing it because I love doing the videos and writing comedy and all that. But I was just so tired of trying to teach and explain to these corporate types why they needed video because, and I can't blame them. It was so new. It was so new. And, and it was, it was, it, was there also the is, issue of risk? Well, you no, know, more the risk, the risk of money. You know, because as you know, well, you know, it would, co- it would you know, take, you know, $30,000 or, or sometimes, a, you know, a more modest budget, but it would take money to produce a video, whereas, you know, they can ask a guy to write an article and you just knock it out, you know, but it, let me give you a quick example. Uh, we were doing a, an ad for uh, Gloria Jean's Coffee. They called me in and they said, we have a what we're doing is we realize star, we'll never compete with Starbucks. So what we're going to try to do is we're going to try to capture the online coffee sales market. So what we're doing is we're sending out an email to our 200,000 subscribers or whatever it might be and just tell them, hey, we got a new website and we're selling our coffee online. And I said, that's going to fail. <laughs> I said it in nicer terms, but I said that that, that won't work. And they said, why? And I said, if I got that, that w- I would delete that before I even glanced at it. And I said, but what if I did a video explaining everything you just said? And I, you put in the, the, the subject line, check out this hysterical video. I said, I think you're going to get a lot of people watching it. So what we did, I sold them on it. We get, uh, I did a video with, it, it was a, a special effects trick. And what happens is a daughter walks in to the kitchen. Her mom is looking at the inner, uh, her computer and the mom says, Gloria Jeans has a, has a new uh, website. And the daughter says, cool. And then she reaches her hand into the screen and pulls out in a Gloria Jeans coffee mug, a piping hot cup of coffee. And then she walks off. And then I come in and do a similar thing. But anyway, it, it ends with this real laugh. Okay, they put that up. And I said, look, some, metaphorically, this is what it's saying. It's saying, well, if you want coffee, go to your screen. Go to the, the Glory Jean Coffee website. That's what you're telling them. That's the subliminal message of this video. Plus, it's funny. Anyway, about a week later, the, the video goes out. A week later, I get a call from the the chairman of the board of directors of Glory Jean's Coffee. And he says, our coffee sales went up 200%. Wow. He said, we've never had this kind of traffic, this kind of sales. So then they brought us in to do many more. But see, that's the kind of thing. You have to get over that hurdle of explaining it. Now, today, in 2021, 22, we're so used to it. That's nothing new. And that's not a hard sale. What would you say, you know, you're a pastor and have been mm-hmm. a pastor and also a media executive, production executive, creative. What do you, what would you say that ministry leaders and specifically pastors are missing when it comes to the use and leveraging of media for both ministry and for the gospel and for outreach? What are they missing? Well, first of all, they have to realize we are a screened culture. 
And what I mean by that, and especially COVID put it on steroids, but the vast majority, and I, I would speculate to say over 90%, or at least we'll say 90%, but of human con- communication and interaction is done via the screen. You know, I have in front of me right now, I have my phone screen, I have my computer screen, and I have a TV screen right around me. We are surrounded. You go to the gas station and there's a little screen to watch, you know, commercials for Jay Leno while you're not Jay Leno. He's long gone. Jimmy Fallon while you're you're pumping your gas. Uh, So much is happening. We do teledoc when we're sick. So we have a culture, a generation coming up that is totally screened. They're used to interactivity with their, their, um, uh, their, their material, their content. So going back about 10 years, I used to speak at pastors conferences and the, the, I was halfway through writing the book uh, and I haven't completed it, but um, I did a talk called analog shepherds and digital sheep. And what I meant by that is the way a generation consumes their media, gives us insight into how they want the gospel or scriptural truths communicated to them. Example, Craig, you and I are about the same age. We grew up with television. We're the television generation. You know, eight o'clock Thursday night, well, you referenced earlier Bonanza. Sunday night, nine o'clock, you walk into your, your family room, you lean back, and at, at, at nine o'clock, you receive a one-way monologue. We call that a television show. Very similar to the pattern our generation does church. 10 o'clock, Sunday morning, we politely walk into the sanctuary, we lean back, and we receive a one-way monologue we call a sermon. Now, I acknowledge we ha- there's other elements. There's fellowship, there's worship, all these things, wonderful. But that's how we receive the information of a sermon. The n- generation today doesn't do that model. What they do is they are in a 24-7 interactive conversation with their media. They can text, they can, you know, I, I, even, even when you're watching a static Um, medium like television. You know, my kids, they're older now, but they're, they're texting. They're going, did you just see who who won the voice? Did you see that? Oh, did you see that guy? He just walked into the room with a knife. Oh, you know, they're, they're interacting. It's all interactivity. Of course, social media puts that, you know, on steroids too, but it's, it's an interactivity. So what I would tell pastors, and I modeled this in our church is I worked with my pastor and first of all, let me let me put a little disclaimer in there. I am not saying do away with that 10 o'clock Sunday morning structure. I am not saying that. I'm not a, I'm not a, I, I'm a in addition to guy, not instead of. Um, I think there's great merit and value in that. Um, but what we did at our church is the pastor would work with me and he would leave a few things in his sermon open-ended. And then he would say, discuss them in your small group this week. 
And I, at the time, was the pastor of our small groups. And we had about 12 small groups packed out. And we were at a place where about 70% of our church were engaged in small groups. And they would come to the small group, and the leader would say, hey, last week's sermon, we talked about this, this, and this. And then we asked this question. Let's talk about it. And people were so engaged because it was that interactivity that the new generation wants. They want to enter a conversation rather than only listen to a monologue. Yeah, that's good. The, so that, that's, that's part of what I would tell uh, pastors is understand that. Understand the way the new generation wants to engage with information. Great time talking to Dan Rupel. I hope you join us uh, in the next podcast episode and we'll pick up where we left off. You've been listening to the Six Ways to Sunday podcast with Craig D. Forrest, brought to you by Matchstick Media International, dedicated to excellence in media through inspiration, vision, and education. To learn more, visit us on the web at matchstickmedia.org. That's matchstickmedia.org. Your generous donations, large or small, help defray costs for producing this creative podcast. Thanks for listening and subscribing.